for. We don't have the degrees for, but God's saying, I'm going to need you to launch into some different areas. And so, if I could use for a scripture on today, Brother Ward, if you can go to Genesis 39. I'm going to go to Genesis 39. I'm going to go back to Matthew 28, but I'm going to start at Genesis 39. We'll be at uh, verse 2 through 5. Before I do that, I want to give honor to my wife of 19 years. Let's give her a hand. Last, last week, we celebrated 19 years of marriage. Amen. That's, that says something. That says something. You know, in this day and age where, where it's so easy to get a divorce or it's so easy to separate, God has allowed us to stay together for 19 years, 22 years together, 19 years of marriage. I, I, I remember when we first got together, many people that got together and ran off and got married before us because they just thought that was the thing to do. But we took our time, went through counseling, we, and we took our time. We got to know one another, and then when the time was right, we got married. And those that ran ahead of us, and some of them have gotten divorced and separated, and some of them are still together. But I thank God for a wife that has stood by me. I often tell people when I didn't have two plugged nickels to rub together, when we were staying in a small little two-bedroom apartment, when we couldn't, ooh, we, we, were, we were living off of rice and beans, but God had enough. Hey, she could have turned around and went back to Denver, but she stood by me. So I made a promise to her dad. I remember asking her dad for her hand in marriage, and the first question said, how are you going to take care of my daughter? And I made a promise to her dad that I would take care of her. And she stood beside me. When times were hard, she stood beside me. And I thank God for that. And so we're going to go to the word of God. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter uh, 39, verses 2 through 5. And this is, if you, if you know the story of, of Joseph, this is the story of Joseph. And the story of Joseph is very unique because Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer, so he had a dream that, that his brothers, that his family would bow down before him. And he told his dream to his brothers, and his brothers got angry. And they had plotted to kill him. They had plotted to take him out. But before I move on to that, I want you to say to yourself, God does not make mistakes. Say that to yourself, God does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. And so as you're sitting there, as you're watching over your computer, I want you to get that in your mind that God does not make mistakes. That no matter what you're going through in your life right now, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going to go through, God does not make mistakes. And so I want you to keep that in your mind as we go through this journey of the story of Joseph, that God does not make mistakes. And that God is calling each and every one of us out of our comfort zone. And the situation that you've been through in your life, the things that you've gone through in your life, God is going to use those situations for his glory. That all the hell that you've been through, all the tears that you've cried, everything that you've been hurt by, God said, I didn't make a mistake. 
that I allowed you to go through those things only because I needed to grow you up, only because I needed you to see some things in me. So God doesn't make mistakes. And so we pick up with Joseph. He was a dreamer. Verse uh, Genesis 37. He was hated by his brothers. His brothers plotted to kill him. They thought that they said to themselves, oh, Joseph thinks he's better than us. He, he, his, our father has given him a coat of many colors. And he, he has the audacity to say that we're going to bow down before him. So we're going to plot to kill him. So in chapter 37 of Genesis, they plotted to kill him. But his brother Reuben said, well, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in, in this water well. And Reuben was planning to go back and save him and take him back. But before he could get back to his brothers, his brothers had sold him into slavery. And you may think, oh my goodness, that's, that's the end of Joseph. And Joseph may have been even thinking, this is the end of me. But remember I said, God doesn't make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. And so God had to get Joseph out of his comfort zone of around his family because God had something for Joseph to do. See, it says in the Bible that God is the alpha and the omega because God was the beginning and the end. So God had already known that Joseph was going to go into slavery, but he also knew the end. He also knew the end. And so the favor of God was upon Joseph's life. Let's look at chapter 39. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord, so that he prospered and that the Lord did, Joseph is attended. From being in the water. Now to the Egyptians. Swallowed down. He could have situations. And we're thinking. Oh my God. This is the end. This is the end of me. That. for your glory. Now I'm getting ready to launch you into an area and a situation that you're not even ready for, that you don't even know about, but I'm using this situation that you're going through right now to prepare you for what's getting ready to come. You're saying to yourself, but God, I keep going around in circles. God, I keep going around in circles. God's saying, I don't make a mistake. I need you to see me working in every situation. And so Joseph went into Potiphar's house. He was his head attendant. He was watching over everything. So he went from a dreamer to a slave to now one of the top-ranking officials in Egypt. 
in command of everything. And so the favor of God was upon Joseph. And so what, what did God begin to do? God began to have Joseph to impact the lives of everyone around him. See, we have a sense, we got to get to the situation where we know that our life is not about ourselves. That everybody that we come in contact with, there is a connection there, Pastor Ashley. That every situation that we're going through, that it's not about us. That, our, that somebody's destiny is, is connected to what we're going through. And so what if Joseph would have said, well, I'm, I'm, woe is me, I'm a slave, so I'm, that's the end. But he knew that his, what he was going through, his family was connected to him. His family was connected to him. And so he had to know that God is getting ready to launch me into something greater. So it says we need to not just look at what's around us. Don't look at what you're going through right now as just being the end. Know that God is getting ready to launch you into an area of success. And when Pastor Ashley was at my wife's, when, we, when they op- had the grand opening, Pastor Ashley and Pastor Anthony, they proclaimed that here in Remnant Church, that, that, that entrepreneur, there's a spirit of entrepreneurship. That the two that just started, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. God saying that I need to launch and I need you guys to start because what's getting ready to come, I'm going to need you to have your own. See, the brothers yesterday at the, at the birthday party, we were talking and, and Pastor, Ashley, Pastor Anthony dropped a word that, that what's getting ready to come, the, the kingdom of God, they're gonna, we're going to need to have our own. We're going to need to have our own businesses. We're going to need to have our own grocery stores. We're going to need to have our own schools. So God is saying that this is just the beginning. God say, I'm getting ready to launch Remnant Church into an area that we haven't even thought about. That I'm getting ready to launch Remnant Church into some areas, into some, some, some places where we're going to have to be ready. So Pastor Anthony, God said, what we're going through right now, what we're going through right now, we need to be able to go through it. We need to be able to hold on to it because where God's getting ready to launch us, we got to be ready. Remnant Church, we got to get ready. We have to be ready because the people are getting ready to come. The souls are getting ready to come. And God is getting ready to launch us into an area that, that we have not even thought about. That we haven't even thought about. And we need to know that what we're going through, even in our individual lives, even in our individual lives, don't, don't think it's strange that we have three doctors, over four educators, entrepreneurs, all that here in the house. God saying, I will use you to be a blessing not only to the community, but to the state. Not only to the state, but to the nation. That God's getting ready to launch us into an area that we haven't even thought of. That we haven't even thought of, church. God's getting ready to launch us. And so let's look back at Joseph. Joseph, when he became an attendant, when he became second in command, he still was not without trouble. He still wasn't without trouble. So Potiphar's wife saw Joseph and she wanted to have him. But Joseph in his mind knew that I cannot fall. Why? Because there's, there, there are generations that are connected to me. 
there are generations that are depending on me. So even when we go through these trials and tribulations, even when we go through these things, we need to keep our, in our mind that we can't fall, church. Because generations are connected to us. Don't think it's strange that we have so many youth in this church. That the generations are watching what we're doing. And they are connected to us. So when we're going through trials, we're going through tribulations, we can't throw up our hands and quit. We can't throw up our hands and, and just give up. Because they're connected to us. And so the favor of God was upon Joseph in chapter 39. His brothers and his family's destiny was connected to his lunch. To his lunch. And so Joseph knew that I have something deep down inside of me that I have to launch, that I have to go forward. Because my family depends on me. Brother Ward, go, to, go with me, if you guys can go with me to Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. And, and this was profound. And I, this is my first time reading this part. And so if you jump, if you read through the rest of Genesis, Joseph did great things. He helped people out, read pe told people what their dreams meant. His he's helped save his, save his family from a drought. All because he was available for his launch. His family came back. His father came back. He was able to be a blessing to them. All because he stayed the course. All because he stayed the course. And so Jacob, his father, was giving his blessings to his sons. And so then in verse 50, we drop all the way down to verse 19. This is Jacob talking to his sons. It's Joseph speaking and said, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended me, intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So everything that we're going through, everything that you're going through, the devil would want you to throw up your hands. The devil will want you to say, yes, this is the end and I'm going to die. But like Joseph said, aren't you in a place of God? Aren't you under a covering of God? You can look the devil in the eyes and say, what you meant for evil. God's getting ready to turn it around for good. Not saying that the weapon's not going to be formed. Not saying that it's not going to come to your doorstep. But God's saying that because you're under my covering, because you're walking with me, that I'm getting ready to launch you. I'm getting ready to take care of you. That even though the weapon's going to be formed, it's not going to prosper. Verse 21, it says, so then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. Yeah. So Joseph simply told his brothers that don't be afraid. What you guys intended to do, you intended to kill me. The devil intended to take you out. But what does God do? I like the way God works. He turns it around for his glory. Turns it around for his glory. He said, you thought that I, you were going to take them out. But God said, I'm getting ready to uphold them. 
I'm getting ready to use this for my glory. I'm getting ready to turn this situation around. Oh, wow. Because the world would say, you need to just curse God and die. But God said, I'm getting ready to launch you into an area that you haven't even seen. When the world says you should be cursing God and God and dying, and when the world saying you should be going crazy and should be on medication, God said, I'm getting ready to use that for my glory. And then I like what that second part says. It says, so then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and what? Your children. So what does that speak to? That speaks to generations to come. That speaks to generations to come. And not just your children, but what? Your children's children. But what do we have to do? We have to be obedient to God. Like I said, Joseph could have easily ran away. He could have easily given up. He could have easily gone away. But what did he do? He stayed the course. He stayed the course. And so saints today, we have to stay the course. And we have to know that God is working even when we can't see him like the song says. Even when you cannot see God working, he's still working. You're saying, but God, I can't feel you near me. God said, I'm still working. God, I can't see you. Oh, the reason you can't see me, because I'm carrying you. So we have to stay the course. And so he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So his brothers knew they had done him wrong. Came back and asked for forgiveness. And he just reassured them that God got us. God got us. So, Pastor Anthony, I want you to know today that God got us. We're in the church. God got us. God got us. Even though it may look bleak and dim right now, God's saying, I got you. I got you. Now, I'm getting ready to turn it around. I'm getting ready to launch you into an area, hey, that, that you not even thought about. And God's saying, I will provide everything that you need. Everything that you need. And so our launch, our personal launch, God does not make mistakes. And as I was studying this, I just kept hearing God say that. God saying, I am a man that I cannot lie, nor the son of man that I shall repent. I don't make mistakes. I don't make mistakes. And so if I know that God doesn't make a mistake, every situation that I go through, I need to start looking at God. God, how are you working in this situation? God, I just lost my job. But God, how are you working in this situation? God, they're talking about me. God, how are you working in this situation? Well, God, I need this to be paid for. God, how are you working in this situation? Why? Because God does not make mistakes. So he uses every area or areas of our lives to shape us into who and what he wants us to be. So God is calling us to launch into the deep in total dependence on him. And so launching may seem scary at first. Seems scary at first. As two entrepreneurs in here, how scary was it? How scary was it to walk out on your own, not knowing what the next day might look like? 
I can tell you many a times getting calls from Dale City inspectors and, and, and codes and this and that and saying, well, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do this and you got to do that. Them, them giving you a time limit on, on when things were to be done. So that is very scary. But God said, I need you to launch. Even though it looks scary right now, Brother Ruffin, God said, I need you to launch. Why do I need you to launch? Because there's somebody that's depending on you stepping out. There's somebody that's depending on you, Brother Ruffin, opening that clinic. There's somebody depending on you, Sister Chandler, to open that salon. Somebody's destiny is connected to your launch. So we cannot sit in fear saying the what ifs and, and God, I don't have enough or God, I don't know how to do this. God saying simply, I need you to launch. God saying, I just need you to launch. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. Well, we're going to go back up to verse 25. And this is where Jesus walks on the water. Well, I'm going to go back to verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. The boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Then the disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27, it says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So as Jesus is asking us to launch, I, I envision us just walking on the water. Jesus is already there. He's already gone before us and he's already paved the way for us. And even in the launch, it may seem scary. The waves of life are raging against you. The wind of life is raging against you. Everything may be going down. Things may not be right right now. Things may not be looking right right now. And God simply says, come to me. But God, I cannot come to you because I'm afraid. The waves of life are coming, God. People are talking about me. I don't know how I'm going to make that in me. I don't know how I'm going to get that done. But God's saying simply, I need you to launch. I need you to launch. And so they even cried out in fear. But what did Jesus say to them? He said, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Verse 28 says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Isn't that just like us? We hear God speaking, but then we need some reassurance. Well, God, if that's really you, I need this person to walk through the door. Or God, if that's really you, I need this to come through in the mail. Or God, if that's really you, show me that sign. 
But God's simply saying, I already spoke to you. I already told you to walk forward. I already told you to go forward. I just need you to launch and come. But what does he say? Verse 29 says, come, he said. So I can see Jesus getting a little annoyed and say, I've already told you to come. I've already told you to launch for it because I already got provision on the other side because you cannot see it right now, but I got provision waiting for you if you just launch. If you just launch. But God, what are the people going to say about me? God just simply says, come. But God, I'm afraid. Come. Jesus is saying, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So you are, you've begun to launch. You're walking on the water. You're doing what God has told you to do. But then those friends start coming and telling you, you don't know what you're doing. The family members say, you're crazy for doing that. Everybody else is saying, what are you doing? Doubt begins to sink in. You take your eyes off of God. And then what happens? You begin to sink. Begin to sink. But then what does Jesus do? I love this about Jesus. No matter how much we might doubt him, who is always going to be there? Who is always going to be there to reach down and grab you and pull you up just in the nick of time? said immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him but then he rebuked him and said you of little faith why did you doubt so when God tells us to launch we got to go straight forward not looking back but we got to go exactly what God is telling us to do no matter what's on the left and no matter what's on the right You have to know that if God calls you to it, he's going to provide. He's going to give you provision. He knows that exactly what you're getting ready to go through. But God said, I just need you to launch. I just need you to go forward. So in order to launch to that next level, it requires some unconventional faith. Because if you look at Peter, that was unconventional. For man to walk on water. But I know God told me to do it. I know God told me to launch. I can hear God telling me, but it's unconventional. It's unconventional. Man says you shouldn't do it. Everybody else says I shouldn't do it. But what does God say? God says, come. What did God say? We've got to get into the position that we can't, we've got to stop listening to the world and what the world's standards are. And But what is God saying? What is God saying in this moment, in this era right now? What is God telling us to do? And so how do we get that type of faith? Go with me to John chapter 10, verse 27.
And verse 27 simply says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so my sheep know my voice. So how do we become a sheep of God? We got to spend some time with him. First, we have to accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. And then we spend time with him. I've used this illustration many times that, that I've spent so much time with my wife. I could be in a crowded room. I could be over a thousand people. If she yells David Benjamin Chandler, I'll know her voice. I know my wife's voice. Why? Because I spent time with her. And that's how we have to be with God. That when God speaks, we have to, oh, there's the voice of God. I need you to stop. Oh, there's the voice of God. Why? Because in this era that God is getting ready to launch us in, there'll be many different voices speaking. There'll be many different places trying to pull us left and right. And God say, I need you to hear my voice. I need you to know that I'm speaking. I need you to know that in what direction I'm getting ready to take you. Because one deviation off the path could lead us down to destruction. But God is saying, I need you to hear my voice. And so if you've ever seen sheep that are being herded by a sheepdog, there is one voice that they will listen to, one bark that they're going to listen to, and they will follow. And if another dog tries to come, they will stand still. They will stand still. Why? Because they know the distinct voice of that sheepdog. So we have to get into a place where we spend so much time with God that his voice is the only one that we hear. We got to start learning to tune out the voice that's not of God. And it may hurt, it may be hard sometimes, we might even have to tune out the voice of our own, of our own family. They think they're giving us good advice, they think they're doing what's right, but are they really truly following God? So we must spend time with God to know his voice. And then lastly, you got to press. Philippians 4 and 13, let's go there very quickly. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So I have to press. Because God, God's not saying that this launch is going to be easy, Brother Ruffin. It's not going to be easy. Why? Because Satan even knows that when you begin to launch and walk into, the, into what God is really calling you to do, that you're going to affect the kingdom. That you're going to affect the kingdom. And Satan knows that his time is coming short. So he's going to do everything that he can to try to disrupt the kingdom of God. Because he knows that in the end, what's going to happen that he is going to lose. And so when we begin to launch, saints, when we begin to walk into the areas that God has called us to, it's not going to be easy. But we got to press. We got to press. Despite what might be happening around you, you've got to press. Situations are going to come. Weapons are going to be formed, Brother Ruffin, Sister Ruffin, but they're not going to win. They're not.
they're not going to win. They may come to your doorstep and they may look you right in the eye, but in the end, they're not going to win. So look at Joseph. Potiphar's wife wanted to get him, but he remained focused. He remained focused. So Joseph remained focused because he knew that in the end, he was going to win. And so in the end, Joseph not only affected his family, his immediate family, but generations to come. Joseph was able to talk to the, the officials of Egypt and had them save food because a famine was to come. The officials didn't know that the famine was to come, but because Joseph heard the voice of God, he was able to save generations. And so like I said, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's already at the beginning and he's at the end. And so where God is telling us to launch to, we may not be able to see it generations down the road are connected to our destiny. Our children and our children's children are connected to the decisions that we make today. So God is calling us out of our comfort zone. Don't think it's strange that God is perfecting some skills in you, that some areas in you that you may not have even thought about. Because God saying, I need to pull some stuff out of you for this next launch that you're getting ready to go to. We must be willing to be uncomfortable in order to affect generations to come. But God, I wasn't trained to do this. God, I've never done this. God, nobody in my family does this. God saying, I need you in this area. And so as I get ready to close, I want you to know this, that God never makes a mistake. He doesn't make a mistake. Well, God, my family members heard you. I didn't make a mistake. Well, God, they turned their back on me. I still didn't make a mistake. Well, God, that person walked out of my life. I needed them to walk out of your life. You were holding on to them too long. Every situation that we're going through, you need to look at, God, how are you working? But God, why did that person walk out of my life? Because they were no good for you. But God, why did I lose my job? Because I got an even better one waiting for you on the other side. If you just launch and go, stop holding on to it. So God says today that I don't make a mistake. Now, I need you to hear my voice. And I need you to launch like never before. And in this season of launch, it's going to require a lot of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice your soul for disobedience? Or are you willing to be obedient to affect generations to come? I'm going to let that sink in. So God is calling for us to be obedient to his word. Be obedient to our leaders that are over us. Amen? Because they watch out for our soul. So as we're standing, as we're standing, I'm closing. God just simply wants us to launch on today. What areas in your life is God launching you into? 
Pastor Anthony and Pastor Ashley started this church seven years ago. Seven. Seven years ago. This is year seven. One of the things Pastor Ashley was very strong on was our spiritual gift inventory. And she wanted the founding members to really look at what, what is God gifting inside of us. So each and every one of you has a spiritual gift inside of you. What areas in your life is God launching you into? What areas have you been bucking against God because, God, I don't want to go there. God, that's going to take too much time. God, I'm going to have to lose some family members and some friends. But God's saying that very area that you're bucking against, that's the very area that I'm getting ready to launch you into. And God simply says today that if you would just stop bucking against the system and just launch, God said, I'm getting ready to break some chains. God said, those areas that you've been struggling with, God said, if you would just simply launch on today, God said, I'm getting ready to tear down those walls. That's we're standing there. This first altar call is if you're standing there and if you say that Pastor Chandler, if I walk out that door and I fall flat on my face and die, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or hell. This first altar call is for you. If you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would not walk out of this building without doing that. Because people are dying daily. And I would not want you to pass up a moment to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And this second altar call. If you're saved, and you've been walking with Jesus, and you're saying, God, I just need more of you. I just need more of you. 